Hi, this is Mark. Over the past two years, many of you have reached out to share a story of connection or inspiration between you and a particular Madonna song that maybe captured a moment or a time in your life that was very important to you. Some of those stories have been very moving, some have been very hilarious, and some have been very Madonna. And well, we got to talking and we decided that we'd like to hear more from you. Please go back through the last two and a half seasons of All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna and select a song that means something more to you or has a personal resonance that you'd like to talk about. Again, we're asking you to look between Madonna in 1983 and Ray of Light in 1998. Send us an up to two minute voice memo or video recording to Mark B. Snyder, that's M-A-R-K-B-S-N-Y-D-E-R at hotmail.com. I know it's a hotmail address. Or you can message us on Instagram at all I want to do, the two is the two, Act is talk about Madonna. We're looking forward to hearing your stories and we hope to share them with the rest of you soon. Additional details and information will be in the link in our profile on Instagram and in the notes below. Hope to hear from you soon. This is Kenny. And this is Mark. And this is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. Album 7, Track 11, Take a Bow. sweet R&B ballad to wrap up this very um, eclectic Mm -hmm. album experience. One of her most, I mean, I think after this, there aren't really a lot of ballads like this that I can think of. I think this sort of is like the end of a kind of Madonna song, even though this is a Madonna song unlike any other Madonna song. It's so part of the my consciousness yeah. because I knew it was a, a an important song when I heard it the first time when I got the record, and uh, it it is her biggest, longest running single. 
really. So, I mean, it was seven number one for seven weeks on Billboard, and it was played, it has been played nonstop on the radio, in Muzak speakers, yeah. in offices, um, since 1994. Yeah, it's a perfect pop song. Yeah. And it brings together, I mean, to me, this is the moment, one of the most successful moments on the album, right? Because it's really like, this collaboration between her and it is such a baby face song. Yeah. And yet again, like I said this before, it's such a Madonna song too. I think lyrically it tells a story that I remember when it came out and I was like, this is the song finally truly about Sean Penn. Yeah. Even though, oh, really? even though oh, I don't wow. know if it really is, that's the story I decided well, it's it, it. I love all of the imagery about the show is over and the theatricality and yes. and uh, you know there's a um, and when we talk about the video, there there's a lot of kind of watching and being watched and being viewed from a distance. Yeah. Um, at play in the video, but the song is about both um, uh, an untouchability and a yearning to be touched and yearning to connect. Yeah, that I just the the duality of that is just so beautiful, and um, and also the interplay between baby faces again a kind of murmuring, distant vocal, that distance between wanting to be with the person and watching them from afar that really works as well with their vocals as yeah. they snake around each other. Yeah. I mean his vocals on this are so beautiful. The song wouldn't be the same without them. Well, and 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 he makes it seem so effortless. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Which it's totally not. No. No. I mean, I think that her vocals are I think they're so beautiful on this song. Mm -hmm. um, and that it's it's just the joyous part of her voice that actually we don't hear at all on the rest of this album. Like for the bridge, all the uh, world's a stage, like yeah. we don't hear that Madonna sound at all. I can't think of another song on the album where we hear her, that yearning in that same way. It also it, it also is a competitive song to all the other power ballads that were happening at yeah, that time. Yeah. And this is almost like I, I I have to think too that throughout the erotica era, Madonna was like, God, this <laughs> I will always love you song is is keeping me from being <laughs> dominant. And she was like, Okay, if I have to kind of like soften my tone, I'm gonna make my I will always love you that's on my terms and mm. we're gonna make it work. I never thought of that, but you're absolutely right. What do you how how do you think that that kind of what do you think the babyface collaboration was on this song? Do you think it's a song that like they wrote together? Do you think it's something where he brought some kind of demo in and I mean I'm pretty sure that he that is so his sound that he must have had that this 
the basic music or part of the music there? Because to me, it sounds like, oh, this could have been a Tony Braxton song, like mm-hmm. just the, the instrumentation or orchestration of it, you know? And then I do think she she had these lyrics, you know, and she talks about like how, you know, some of stuff comes up later that, you know, it's all in her book of stories and poems and whatever. And so she probably had these lyrics and sort of thought, oh, here's a good way to, you know, the song had this drama to it. Yeah. um, Well, I do know that they worked on it really fast. Yeah. I mean, it was another one of those really quick. um, And, um, and I, and I, I like to believe that this was kind of the one that, they kind of did last because they were kind of gearing up with Forbidden Love and that and their other song, and then they yeah. were kind of like, "Okay, this is the one. Let's really know what yeah. we're doing." I mean, I think that when a song is meant to be, it just comes out that quickly too. It just feels like, like you said, like this song feels like it's just the te- part of the texture of our culture. Like yeah. it was always there. Like they just sort of unearthed this magical thing. What's your favorite part of the song? Oh, the bridge. Oh yeah, the bridge and and when she kind of goes into the closing, I've always been in love with you. As they're kind of coming to the end, mm. that last kind of double. Guess I've always known. Yeah, well, I guess so, you've always known. Yeah, and it ends the album on such a bittersweet kind of close. It feels like a closure. Oh yeah, yeah. I think this is. I can't think of another album that has a better end. Like this feels like the book is closing, you yeah. know. Yeah. The those final strings at the end bringing us. It's just gorgeous. My favorite part of the song. I and do she love says, the bridge. Say goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Which I'll talk about in a second too, because yeah. I made me think a lot of things at the time. Like, wait, what? What's happening? Like, is something? <laughs> is something, she? Is she ending her career? What is she saying? I don't think to? so. Yeah. No. I actually really love the verse. Um, say your lines. But do you mean it? Do you do you feel it? Do you mean what you say when no one's around? No one's around. I, I just think there's that part of her voice and the 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 texture and the depth there feels like it feels like the truth. I mean, this is what she knows how to do. You know what I mean? She's playing like there's so much in it that's an assignment song too. But yeah. like it's so. Oh, now gorgeous. you're reminding me of One Lonely Star. That's the uh, moment in the song I May Die Over. It's like watching you watching me, One Lonely Star. Ah. Oh. Say your lines, but do you feel them? Do you mean what you say when there's no one The one lonely star though makes me think of the video because in the uh, in the making of the video we see her practicing the the gesture of the one lonely star pulling her veil down in the yeah. mirror you know and how she practices and practices that and then in the video how it looks so effortless you know and yeah. the, and you said this and I I'm just and so you may say it better than me like this song is so tied to the video like I think that I can't think of the song I can't. S- Every time I hear the song, I just think of her and the matador 
the gorgeousness, the softness of her in this video. Well, uh, this is another uh, huge production video. They're in Spain for like a chunk of time. They're doing this video in these old churches and old buildings, these gorgeous centuries-old buildings. Madonna's very inspired. Um, It has a story. It's a story song of a video. love story. And um, the the video is um, directed um, by Michael Hausman and um, stars Emilio Munez, who's who's also an actual bullfighter. Yes. Um, Remember the controversy over the bulls? Yes, and they put out a statement being Uh, like, no bulls were were harmed. During Um, the making of this video. But she actually says in that great interview with Kurt Loder, which is an hour-long special about the making of the Take a Bow video. And see, that's another example of like, that's where videos had their impact. There was this, people people took them as a happening, as a major cultural moment. Yes. Yeah. And she says like, you know, the bulls that we used in this, in the video are actually going to go, they can't be used to fight anymore because they've been there. They were used in this. So they're going to go live off on a farm. Now I believe the farm is a real place. I don't believe it's like, Oh, what happened to our childhood cat? Oh, we (laughs) sent them to the farm. I actually believe they go and they live, they live, you know, wonderful lives. She saved some bulls. She saved some bulls. Yes. Thank you very much. Very much. Um, have you ever been to a bullfight? Um, no, I've not. I've not been to a bull. I've been to a cat like a a, 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 a steer ride, like where they where where cowboys ride. I don't need to know what you out. did last night. <laughs> I've been to one of those, but not to a bullfight. I went to a bullfight. Where? I think it was in Spain. I guess it was. When I've never I was been there. to Spain. I'm not as world traveled as Kenny Finkel. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's obvious. How was it? It was distressing. Yeah, because they kill the bull. No, it's super violent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think I was in the throes of the romanticism of it, even though it's still really violent in Hemingway stories. Mm. Like I still wanted to go and well, and and I love how the video both shies away from the violence and makes it beautiful, like yes, makes yes. it a beautiful thing. Um, I love that moment when the, the bullfighter does that little tweak to his hip. Yes, yes. It's kind of almost like a wink to her in the stands. We should talk about the video. So the video, um, Madonna is an Avita-esque person. Avita-esque. I mean, I feel like there's a she's lot of Avita. She's setting us up, She's yes. getting us ready. Yeah. And she's um, in her panties getting dressed and... <laughs> Um, she gets dressed and goes to a bullfight and she sees her lover who I think has already rejected her and she's kind of remembering yeah. their love affair. And then, um, and it's a, and it's again, one of those great videos where there are multiple Madonnas with different hair and different things going on. Yeah. Um, there's lots of uh, Virgin Mary iconography on the stands and on the, you know, there's a shrine at one point. The, um, the flag that is draped over her box oh, yeah. has got the virgin yeah. in there. And I love the moment when she pricks her finger. Oh, with the, with the hat pin. Yes. Oh my God. And I love when she's riding in the car and puts down the shade. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then later when she does that with Kurt Loder and she's like, get a life, get a real job, get a real job. Kurt. <laughs> um, Hey, can we talk about Kurt Loder? Oh, for a second? yes, please. Cause we haven't really talked about him. He's been, I mean, we've mentioned him a few times, but like for really, 
the decade, I mean, even pre-90s, but I would say for the entire 90s, yeah. Kurt Loder is the Madonna interviewer for MTV. Correct. Kurt, Lo- Kurt Loder was a well-established music journalist before MTV happened, and he's always seemed about 60. <laughs> yeah, so dour. <laughs> yes, and he's aged very well. I mean, he looks great now. I mean, they just did an interview with him for the um, a, um, the Television Academy um, uh, uh, in the last few years, and he looks he looks the same. He just looks a little older, but yeah. he's always seemed like a sixty year old man. <laughs> but he he was when when MTV got him to to become a correspondent, it was a huge coup and a huge kind of um, credibility coup. Coup, yeah. coup for um, MTV. Yeah, he is a star. Yeah. And he was he was like the anchor of MTV, MTV News for yeah. sure. And like and he got the most access to Madonna. Correct. And he he she was very comfortable with him and really I think we get some of the greatest interviews like or the greatest moments of her just being her. Like she's very playful with him. I think, you know, one thing that's interesting about Kurt Loder, we talked about this the other night at a party. So I want to just bring it up like, is like that he was obviously queer. Yes. But never came out. No. And yet I knew he was queer. And also because of affiliation with Madonna, like he was somewhat my... I was like, oh, Kurt Loder is my friend. Like, do you know what I mean? Well, he always seemed to, for for me, he always seemed to be the chaperone at the Madonna interview. Because I I think that's what he, what Madonna liked about him was he seemed like an old folk, like a stodgy guy that's like. But he was a music guy. Total music guy. Totally. But, but his, his, his demeanor and everything was always very proper. For sure. He was always in a suit. And buttoned up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she liked kind of ruffling his hair. Totally. Welcome to Ronda, Spain, a 2,000-year-old town up in the mountains high above uh, the Costa del Sol in the south of Spain. Uh, Madonna has come here, as you can see, uh, to make a video for Take a Bow, the second single off her uh, Bedtime Stories album. We've been watching her, we've been following her around, making her life miserable. Butting into my life, extensively. really great. There's a lot of psychodrama going on. You're going to see all of that, but first, let's do the video itself. Let's make No, no, first I want to make a wish. Okay, well, go ahead and make a wish. Okay. It didn't involve the length of my life or anything, did it? No, it had nothing to do with you. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but he gets a lot from her. Well, like, that, well that interview, I mean, it, it, t- t- go now and just YouTube the MTV. Look in our notes. We've got it there for you. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful. He talks about all the gossip, all the stuff. He talks about Janet Jackson. He, asks, he talks a lot about the, the, the video, the album, all he, of the things, and, and it really is one of her best interviews from yeah. this cycle. He even sort of gets her to allude to her love, you know, her relationship, um, because she mentions Carlos, not by name, but she talks about a Cuban lover in her life, and so there's some, in you know, she he sort of pushes the lines with her in a way that, and but it, it's very pleasurable. He talks about, too, like setting up for that interview and that they found this perfect spot for her, and the lighting was great and that she showed up late as she always does, he says, and that she shows up and then she points to all the lighting and the camera angles and checks everything and corrects everything because nothing's right. They set all this stuff up. She was in this beautiful dress and then they sat down and she said, I'm freezing. And so she put that like white kind of fuzzy thing on, yeah. which I think is super cute. I do. Yeah, um, I do too. And then she took some other coat and put it over her legs. And so you couldn't, you couldn't yeah. see the outfit and he was really upset about that. But she Well, I kind of love it because she's, 
she's so done up throughout the rest of the yeah. the, the documentary that it, it's kind of a refreshing kind of like, oh, it's me being casual, like in some jeans. Yeah, totally. She looks totally just casual. And then I love that she takes him around the set. Yeah. We meet all the people who help make her, you know, look Madonna. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that playfulness. And it's really, it's just really a joy. And, and it, 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 again, it's a great hearkening to a time when, you know, these were like mini films and, yes. and, and there was, there's also quite a, a, a lot of thoughtfulness to the video Yeah, and every image is really well conceived and considered. And I love in the video, the way that the television, kind oh, of yeah. becomes this thing of, of viewing she's she's trying to get into the television then she's in the television and then she's out of the television watching him yeah again well, back to that idea of voyeuring and 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 I'm I'm both the object of devotion and up in my but I'm also at a remove yes and how do I how do I meld the two yeah the director Michael Houseman talks about this about her um, you know, her bubble that she's in and how that bubble touches so many because she's such a famous star, how this bullfighter also lives in a bubble. Yes. And that that it's so much about how what happens when these two try to get close to each other. It doesn't work. They can't actually penetrate. They can't really get to each other. And also the whole idea of, you know, um, love that sometimes in love affairs, yeah, that's ultimately the thing. Like I can never really get to you or I, I always loved you, but we were just, we were, we were separated. Well, and, and how much of, how much of my love is an idea of you and the image of you and, and how much of it is the actual person? Because I would say that the sexiest moments in that video are when the two of them are separate, staring at each other, watching each other. I find the moments when she, and, and, I find the moments when they're kind of um, having sex and he's like, they're ripping each other's clothes off and throwing the glass on the ground. Those are the, the, agreed. those seem to be kind of like silly moments. I kind of almost need her to be at a distance. I mean, I think that's why I think it's, I do think the song is about Sean or that's what I always put onto it because I feel like the bullfighter is just a replacement for the story of Sean and it all is about performers. And so it's like, we could never we could never get past our image with each other or the things that were how we were perceived by the world of like fucked them up yeah. you know what i yeah. mean and that that they were each other's loves of their lives and yet this other thing got in the way and it was just insurmountable well it, it echoes Tupac Shakur and those it, the, the 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 conversations they they were yeah, having about yeah. like oh well i'm this person you're this person we've got everyone watching us yes well we can't we can't get together or we're not going to be those people anymore that's right this is the cost of i traded fame for love Without a yes, hon, yes, honey. Um, this whole video also is a great example of Madonna having it both ways. Like we had talked about earlier, and in, in the challenge of this time in Madonna's career, she is softening her image. She's making a commercially user-friendly video, and yet she's still rolling around in her panties and her underwear. She's doing all of these kinds of very sexy. Um, imagery in the video, but there's a sweetness and yes. a and an innocence to it that I think conservative people are still like, oh, there's Madonna in her panties. But um, 
it's uh, you know I mean it it's it does not make any um it's not a coincidence that VH1 launched its new uh, channel with this video. This right. was the beginning of VH1 before VH1 became VH1. Right, and it was it was considered kind of like a a a, a warmer, less absolutely provocative MTV. Well, yeah, with and this video, totally. I mean, this the the sex scenes, quote unquote, in this are acceptable. They're based in love. They're in desire. They're not. There's nothing. Um, you know, dangerous about them. You well, know? and 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 do you also think it's it's um th- this is influenced by her Pedro Almodovar influence? Almodovar, you, her fandom Almodovar. of him. Do you think was this also a way of being like, when I'm done with Evita, I could do your new movie, Pedro? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so because it's not really in his palette. You know, no, though I I'm guessing, I'm wondering and curious if she ever approached him to direct a video. Um, ah, that I mean, would be an intriguing collaboration. Yeah, maybe now would be fun time for that to happen. Um, but and the other thing I was I was going to mention is so Michael Hausman went um, on to um, do Justin Timberlake's "Sexy Back" video in part because it's one of it's Justin Timberlake's favorite Madonna song oh, video. Video, interesting. Yeah, because I w- I wondered about him because he seems so self assured in the documentary that we see. Yeah, and yet I couldn't really find a lot of other th- major things that he'd done since yeah. then. He's so. been around. I mean, he's a he's a video guy and uh, he seems very busy in that video. He's yeah. like, I got a lot to do. Bye. Yeah. I gotta go. Yeah. He was very handsome though and I kept thinking like, oh, he seems like the kind of guy Madonna should be with. Aww. That's maybe the, I wanted to. This be is your Jamie James Foley fantasy coming back. I always like you to want think Madonna that, with the director. Well, I feel like she does good, wind yeah, up with uh, the director God, and the disaster the that it becomes. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about the remixes because where this album has this song has the worst remixes. Oh, is it like an R and B remix? Yes, they are yeah. the worst remixes of any Madonna song. I th- until American Pie. <laughs> Honestly, which isn't that far away. Honestly, I totally blocked them out. It's, they're awful. They're Terrible. awful. Um, and then the pr- live performance. The yeah. one live performance. No, it's not one. Oh. There are two. What's the second one? She performs it on some German TV show. Oh. And there is a guy who sits in for Babyface. <gasps> and Lip sings oh, Babyface. Boo. And they never acknowledge it. And she leaves the show. She sits on a stool. <laughs> she sings the song sitting on a stool. And then she leaves. And she's like, thank you all. She just does it. Well, and they also, she, 
<laughs> Does she say hello to the guy, the, the stand-in? No. I mean, he just kind of sits there. They never acknowledge that he's not baby-faced. I was like, what? That's terrible. It was terrible. That's terrible. Oh, my God. Well, they also did it in San Remo at the San Remo Music Festival in 1995. She and Babyface did it. Really? There. They did it at a music festival. Oh. But the only filmed performance yes, yes. is at the American Music Awards yes. in 1995. Yes. Again, a stunning performance. Agreed. Rehearsed to the nth of its, uh, inch of its life. And then they add one little element more <laughs> to throw it off. And that by that, I mean they're standing on these tall towers, <laughs> the two of them. The orchestra, the full orchestra is on the ground on the stage. And yeah. then Madonna and Babyface are way up on these towers across from each other. from each other they're the same social distance yes and they prefer she looks amazing she does she's in like a sort of kimono yeah her hair is gorgeous she's amazing baby face looks great yes. everybody looks and, and then they kind of bow to each other again with some kind of japanese symbols so weird yeah but, but they great, sound a great yeah, vocal. Yeah, yeah. She does it once on the Rebel Heart tour, but not like the full thing. And you know, it's, but it's thrown together. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But it's fine. It's, I mean, it's, it's nice fine. to hear. It is great to hear. But um, I, I'm kind of with you on it. I don't. I think it would be boring to do the whole song. Yeah, especially. I mean, I, I really think like because when um, listening to this album, I was like, oh, I'm going to sing along to this song because I remember singing along to it when it came out. And I was like, when we got to the chorus at the end and it, go, it repeats, I was like. <gasps> I'm not going to sing it again. I'm just going to let it play because <laughs> I was like, this is tiring. It's a hard song to sing. So yeah. I think that's probably why it didn't. And, you know, it, it's popped up. It's it's one of the few songs that people, I mean, Trisha Yearwood and, and Babyface did a version of it for Crossroads Whoa. on VH1. Yeah. I guess you've always known it's true.
And um, it also, uh, I remember um, it was in the last episode of the first season of Friends. Oh. Also. So it was like product placement, right? And it was right when it was like a hit. It was while it was on the radio. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, an, a, it's a beloved friend. Yes, that continues indeed. to be. So we're wrapping up uh, Take a Bow and we're wrapping up Bedtime Stories. Yeah. How are you feeling now about this album, Kenny? I, I ultimately think I feel... Because you've gone through a journey with I this. have had a journey. Yeah. I, I honestly feel like um, I'm... I, I still don't like those two songs on side one. But as, an, as a whole, I think I understand the album more and... There's a lot on it I really admire. And I think too about like how hard it must have been to make this album. Like after everything with erotica, I think one of the most admirable things about this album, and this is not to belittle the album at all, is the fact that she made it. Like other artists in their lives wouldn't stick to their schedule, meaning like, another artist would have taken five years off like because they were so sort of emotionally, physically, spiritually bank, you know, like bankrupt, like there's nothing there. And Madonna's like, let's just see where I can go. And she, she makes some really, I mean, there's some amazing stuff on this. I mean, I think human nature is, you know, the song itself is, is good. It's not an amazing song, but it is amazing in her repertoire. You know, mm. bedtime story, like you said, revolutionary for her, for sound, for take a bow, you know, and secret. I mean, these songs really are like, like you always call them tent poles and they're tent yeah. poles, not just in this album, but I think in her career, I mean, I think they really pushed her forward. So I think like, and I, and, and survival has been sticking in my head over and over again. I think about it. Like yeah. I, I hear that song free, you know, in my mind. And so I think I have more admiration for the album, but I don't know when we're done with this today, like that um, I'll be like, oh, let me go spin bedtime stories again. I, I think uh, I'm. I agree with you on 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 everything you're saying about uh, what what other artists would do and and things like that. And I love the um, shout out in the thank yous to her assistant, Carice Henry, for taking such good care of me and keeping me for um, from doing something I might regret later, which I always feel like is a very, it's kind of like a little breadcrumb into what her actual state was at this time. And I think what's so interesting is it really is a snapshot of Madonna kind of tr uh, open artistically, and trying new things because it does lead her into the next thing. And I don't think uh, without bedtime stories, she necessarily would have been able to get a Vita. Like the, 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 the Madonna of 1993 wouldn't have been considered for the Evita of 1996. And mm. I think that there's something um, about her openness to, instead of closing off after feeling you know, beaten down, she almost turns the cheek and opens herself back up. And I think that that's the sign of a great artist. And this album shows all the different ways she was just kind of shooting out work and thoughts and music and collaborations. And some of them really work well. Others are not as, as, as well received now or then. But 
they're all part of a of a of a story that's continuing on. And it yeah. does get her to the next thing. That's really that was does. the really important thing. It doesn't stall her. It doesn't and she the other thing I would say is it really is the last time for a long time that um the videos are so tied to the songs. And the, and and each each of the four videos for bedtime stories really do make the case for Madonna as a seminal as, as the seminal video artist of that era of MTV. A hundred percent. I mean, I was just thinking the same thing. I think like there is so much care and depth put into these videos. It's interesting that, you know, in the next big album in Ray of Light, I mean, Ray of Light is one of the, you know, gets tons of awards and stuff. And it is a great video, but actually it's not as great as the videos of all four videos from this, you know, Um, and that in a way, in a way, this is, you know, the last time for the videos that she's there as much and that there's every once in a while, there's a video where she leans in a little more, Mm -hmm. but it's the same with the music too. Like it it happens a little bit later, but we start to get, you know, in the two thousands, right. Where it's sort of like she shows up to, to record and she's not there as much or she's not as detail oriented. Well, and I also think that she knew she wasn't going to tour it. And I think that that's part of the, the, the difference is because by the time ray of light and, um, music are there and she's starting to tour again. So she knows that it's not the definitive statement of the song at the time Mm. um, because she's going to go on tour and do it live. And so there's going to be a new way to do it live. And there's something very, I do think that she knew she, at least by the time we got to bedtime story, she knew she wasn't going to go on tour with it. You think so? Oh, by the time she made that video. Yeah. 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 I think that's probably true. So I think it's a really interesting kind of final bow to that that kind of way of making yeah. a record putting the record out because it it's never this way again I think that as because this was the last album before I went to college and it's my it's my last childhood Madonna record Say goodbye. it is and it, and it was and it was a I think for me it's always meant a lot to me because it it really was showing me that things were going to change and change was good and it was best to stay open to that and because there are a lot of really joyful things that can come out of it beautiful the show is over say goodbye till next time bye Sad. That was very moving to me. Yeah, I agree. I was going to ask you to, do, to um, promote this interview and to mm. promote the album, as as it's called Bedtime Stories. I did sneak in with um, my Christopher Robin verse book, and I would I wondered if you'd like to read a verse for, from here, whichever one you'd like, and then we'll, we'll we'll use that to to promote the the album and the interview. Uh, all right. Would that be possible? Do I get to pick it up? Yeah, you can pick anyone you like, and. Easier than others. Have you read the, would, Have you read this? I read it to my son every night. Yes. You have a son? Yeah, three-year-old. Three? That's sweet. And it's his favorite books. But I just thought, in terms of on-air promotion, it'd be quite fun to uh, doing one. I think it would be great. Oh, this is so sweet. I like furry bear. That's cute. Ready? Here we go. 
If I were a bear, and a big bear too, I shouldn't much care if it froze or snew. I shouldn't much mind if it snowed or frizz. I'd be all fur-lined with a coat like his. For I'd have fur boots and a brown fur wrap, and brown fur knickers and a big fur cap. I'd have a fur muffle ruff to cover my jaws, and brown fur mittens on my big brown paws. With a big brown furry down up to my head, I'd sleep all the winter in a big fur bed.